Hey guys, my name's David. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic. And I wanna to talk today about gratitude. Now, if you have kids, gratitude is not one of the conversations. Gratitude is pretty much the conversation in your home. You say all kinds of phrases like, what do you deserve? Or just sometimes it's just straightforward. You just need to be grateful, you know, whatever it is. I started trying to be creative when, I, when, they, when my kids were small. I've got three kids and uh, when they were growing up, I said things like, you know, grateful kids get whatever they want. And that would really throw them off and they'd get real excited. Okay, okay, well, how do I get, wait a minute. You know, they, they start figuring it out that dad was just trying to get them to learn this secret of gratitude, that their life would be better. Frankly, our lives would be better if they were grateful. And uh, gratitude is a really powerful attribute that we can attain in our lives. And I started thinking about the downsides then of positive attributes. Hope has a downside called disappointment. We thought we were gonna be out of quarantine pretty much for the rest of the year and they brought us back in, right? We have disappointment, we hope in all kinds of things, but we protect ourselves from hope because we're afraid of the outcomes. And so there's a downside to hope that kind of keeps us at reserve. And then, then there's huge attributes like love. Love has a huge downside. We would love without reservation if it weren't for the heartache that we know comes with love. We reserve ourselves because we are afraid to lose our loved ones or to lose the love of our loved ones. It's something that after heartbreak after heartbreak, we protect ourselves from that attribute because of the downside. But I had the hardest time trying to find a downside to gratitude. I'm still not sure if there is one, but I wanted to talk with you about this because it, gratitude has been a, a topic of discussion for years now. It's been a study with psychology and self-improvement. And one article that I found says that gratitude is universally considered as a basic foundation for a better, happier life. Some of its benefits include making one more optimistic, spiritual, resilient, relaxed and friendly, less materialistic, self-centered and envious, causing one to causing one to have more self-esteem, better sleep, happier memories, a better marriage, more friends, deeper relationship, and yes, more energy. There's a Austrian monk named David Steindrast who kind of sums it up with this really poignant quote. He says, in daily life, we must see that it's not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratitude that makes us happy. So why aren't we cashing in on this attribute? Why aren't we exercising the count our blessings strategy and gaining more and more gratitude in our lives? Why is it that we're not reading or, or seeing more and more stories of things that people are just grateful for? And I, I have a hunch. That part of the reason may be the misconception that somehow, maybe in a subtle way, gratitude dulls our ambition. It causes us to be slow and slows us down. That, that thank you is for the weak or that somehow it causes us to settle for less than what we really want if we exercise gratitude, more gratitude in our lives. But what if the truth is that gratitude doesn't dull our ambition, it emboldens our ambition. One thing that I know for sure is that gratitude is absolutely necessary. 
if you are going to release the most powerful life with God, if you're a follower of Jesus or you come into this conversation because your life may be difficult and you're just looking for some kind of insight in how do you sustain your hope in life or how do you really focus on a spiritual life when everything seems so uncertain in your life, if, if that's you and you're trying to get a hold of a spiritual life, trying to understand how to be powerful from the inside when the things outside aren't really giving you much power or inspiration, this is a, a great conversation about releasing the most powerful life that you can have with God, and it has to do with gratitude. We're going to look together as Paul is breaking down for new believers how the spiritual life is released into the daily life of the Colossians, who were used to living in fear of spiritually dark forces. And I want you to listen to this as a playlist for gratitude. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can you hear it? The playlist playing the same song over and over of thankfulness of gratitude. And this is something that Paul, I don't even know for sure if he knows what he's doing. It's, it's something that I think he may, may not even realize that he's passing on the secret to living. It's just so natural to him. Paul was writing thank you notes to Jesus as often as we were texting a friend. It was just a natural thing for him. And so everything that was integrated in his language always seemed to attach this and be thankful to Jesus, be thankful to God the Father, be thankful to the Lord. And the first thing that you notice when it says, it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And if we want to regain our strongest ambition and release the greatest life we can have with God, we have to understand that gratitude frees our hearts. The first thing gratitude does is it frees our hearts. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, this is a really interesting posture for the word peace. I think at times we look at peace as if it's some kind of a fairy that visits us if we're good or if we've aligned our environment right, if we've done all the right things, then peace might enter our hearts in some way. And so we... we, we do everything we can to, to adjust so that peace might enter. Maybe it's music or yoga or vacations or Netflix or coffee or any other kind of substance or strategy that might bring in peace for us for just a moment. We want to keep anxiety at bay. And so we hope that peace might visit us. But the reality is the peace of Christ is not some kind of a fairy. He's not even a guest. No, peace comes as a ruler. There are two things that I want you to take note of. Number one, that the peace of Christ is actually the peace that Christ himself experiences. 
And number two, that the peace of Christ comes as a ruler. Peace will rule your life once you allow it to. In fact, it aims to rule you. And as we look at peace coming and wanting to take over your life, it seems like there's all kinds of obstacles. If that were true, then why aren't we at peace all the time? And how does gratitude unleash peace to rule in our lives? Well, in Philippians chapter 4, it shows us gratitude. I would say kind of like a peace pill or something that we, we add to everything we're doing in our lives so that it can usher in peace. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you can imagine it. I've talked to many people who I explained to them, you know, God's intent is that you would not be anxious like about anything. But in everything, that you'd have peace. And they've laughed at me thinking, well, that's, that's insane. Like, that's not even a possibility that you could last even 10 minutes with having peace or an entire day, but an entire lifetime just blew their, has blown their minds that that's even possible. When people are new to Christ, they think this, this can't be true. They laugh at me and they, they, they think because anxiety is just as normal as sleeping. It's something that's just part of life. You have to experience anxiety just like you have to sleep at night but the reality is that we weren't built for anxiety that God's intent is that he would rule our hearts that we have peace in every situation and how does it actually usher in peace you can see this when it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and it's the with thanksgiving that's important. That's the linchpin. That's the, the peace pill. That, that's the part that actually activates everything else. If you take with thanksgiving out of your prayers, then you're actually not really praying. You're, you're just stressing upward. You're just complaining. You're just you're airing out <clears throat> all of the, the anxiety that you had, but you're not really connecting to God because to connect to God in a powerful way requires thanksgiving. Simply because Thanksgiving gets your focus off of you and it gets your focus on God. Gratefulness and anxiety cannot occupy the same space in your heart. It won't make sense because it says the peace of God which transcends all understanding. And what ends up happening is when we thank God, as we're petitioning, as we're we're praying as we're presenting our request to God with thanksgiving, as we're saying, God, thank you that you have my life. Thank you that the situations are not beyond you. Thank you for who you are. And we're noticing all the things that God is and what he's done. As we're doing that, we begin, we begin to really have a conversation with God. And, and have you had that moment when you're, you're praying and, and suddenly something transcendent takes place? Suddenly, in, in a very real way, your heart shifts from the physical to the spiritual. 
Your heart's gotten used to the physical. It's gotten used to the circumstances around you. It's gotten used to having the stresses and the fears that plague it. And, and thankfulness and gratitude as you're connecting to God begins to give you a transcendent moment. And you, you, you shift from the physical to the spiritual. And the spiritual, you realize, is your core. It's not even the mental or the intellectual. It's the spiritual. And your heart finds a resting place in the Spirit of God. Suddenly, when you're praying, everything is different, but nothing has changed. And you don't even understand how. You just know that peace is suddenly ruling you. And you are living from your core. That's the practice of gratitude. So, so how do you practice this? How do you usher in more peace? Here are five things that I wrote down that might be helpful as an exercise. Number one, start texting yourself three things that you want to thank God for every day. Try that as a 30-day challenge. Just three things you want to thank God for. Number two, write one thank you note a week to someone who's helped you in your life. Number three, time yourself. See how long in a day you are actually in a state of peace and try to increase it by five minutes or even 60 seconds. See if you can expand your state of peace. Number four, write out how many times you bring peace into situations. If you don't carry peace, you can't bring peace. And start monitoring whether you're actually carrying peace at all in your life and you have the power to take that peace and exercise it in situations in your life. And number five, write out what thought was strong enough to dethrone the very peace of Christ in your life. And see if you can connect it to a pattern of thought that's been destructive for you and identify what that is. Because that little thought has stolen the peace of God that is the ruler, the rightful ruler in your life. And Paul goes on in verse 16 and says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now when it's talking about the message of Christ, he's talking about the word of Christ or the voice of Christ. Now I want you to hear this. The powerful peace and voice of Christ are not absent around you just because they're absent within you. Everything, in fact, that exists where you see beauty, that's where the dominion of Christ's peace and voice reside. It's like the entire universe is collaborating together to advertise to all of us how brilliant and at peace life can be if we would let Christ rule in our lives. And this idea is powerful for us to understand. That Christ longs to rule us with his peace. And then it says to dwell inside of us with his voice or with his word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in fact, it says. And that means, are you around God's perspective? Enough that you are an echo of his voice in the world. The second thing that gratitude does besides frees our hearts is it fills our minds. It fills our minds with the voice of God. 
And this exchange is, is very powerful. And I have to tell you, honestly, the reality is it's not that powerful for me all the time, if I was honest. I'm interacting with the Word of God or I'm around the things of God and trying to be around the truth of God and sometimes I just feel like I'm not experiencing a powerful encounter with God. How about you? And so why is it that we miss that? You know, what is it that we're missing when, when that, that doesn't take place? I've been working on Duolingo for a couple of weeks and, and I'm kind of still at level one somehow. I keep talking about el come la manzana. And I, I've told it over and over, yeah, the man eats the apples. Is there any other conversation we can have? And I don't know how to get to like the new level, but it's not like engaging. And I, I'm frankly really become bored with it because I haven't been able to navigate to a higher level. So it keeps repeating the same things. And, and sometimes maybe that's our experience with the, the voice of Christ or the word of God or being in the conversation with the scriptures. But I know this is true. It's always like a sign for me that if I'm bored with the words of God, if I'm bored with the conversation, I'm actually not in the conversation. See, if you're bored in the conversation, you're not talking to God. Because life change is the sign that you're actually in a conversation with God. Life change. If you're bored in the conversation, you're not actually talking to God. Life change is the sign that you're allowing his voice to dwell in you richly. The voice of God, the message of Christ, the word of the Lord, is built so that it would actually settle in and indwell you. It would permeate your life in such a way, he says, that it would rise up from your life and you would teach. It says in verse 16, to let, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. See, see, there's a filling up of the word of Christ. There's, a, there's an overflow effect that happens in your life. And, and that only happens when your life is being changed. Or another way to say it is where, where your worst habits are meeting his scariest truth. This is where life change happens, and sometimes we abdicate that because we consider obedience to that word to be optional. Or we say, maybe later. Once we do this, we actually get out of the conversation. We miss the voice of Christ. We abdicate the power of it because we're the ones who actually put it on hold. God hasn't put it on hold. And so obedience is kind of the thruster to move it forward and to reignite it. The Word of God is something that God gave us. The Scriptures, for example. The Scriptures are there not for what to know, but for how to live. So when you read the Scriptures for what to know, it doesn't ignite life change. You, it only ignites life change when you read it for how to live. And so this indwelling of the voice of God overflows into teaching. It overflows into being vocal about your faith, being vocal about the conversation that God's having with you. That's a sign that you know that it's actually overflowing in your life, that you're talking about it. You're telling other people about what's changing you because of a conversation. Are you in the conversation during this time? Are you allowing his, his voice to dwell inside of you? Or are you just considering it and reading the scriptures and 
being around the truth so that you can think about what to know rather than how to live. So how does, how does gratitude help fill our minds? It focuses you on the one you're thanking. Gratitude gives us the focus that's off ourselves. See, thank you sets your mind on a different you. And that's freedom. It, it brings you face to face with God and keeps you in the conversation. That's freedom. When all self-hope is gone, then your hope is transmitted to Christ and you're in the conversation. And that conversation is dynamic. It's life-changing. The good news is that if you can build a habit of thanking God, then your brain will actually become more naturally thankful. Did you know that? Based on a, a study conducted by the Indiana University led by Prathik Kini, it suggests that the more practice you give your brain at feeling and expressing gratitude, the more it adapts to its, this mindset. You can even think of your brain as having a gratitude muscle that can be exercised and strengthened. The more of an effort you make to feel gratitude one day, the more the feeling will come to you spontaneously in the future. It goes on to say, in the study, the group practicing gratitude were instructed to write thank you letters to people and that it helped them in some way. They found that not only were there differences in the brain scans of the group that practiced gratitude versus those who didn't, but also, and this is insightful, but also that the effects of being thankful were long lasting. Months after the study, brain scans still showed a noticeable difference between those who practiced gratitude and those who didn't. In a very, very real sense, we can change our brain, our quality of life, simply by practicing this state of mind. And the other interesting thing about gratitude is gratitude is a present tense. It's, it helps us practice presence. Thank you is always present tense. And we want the peace of Christ. We want God to, to dwell in us with his word or with the truth. It's suddenly not as important that he did that in the past or that he promises to give that to us in the future. We want peace now. We want to understand what's the conversation now. I don't want to be left in an old conversation. I want to know what's the fresh word now. Don't you? This is the present tense of gratitude. Gratitude says thank you now in this moment. And it focuses you on a different you than you. And by the way, this is just interesting to me. Did you notice the singing? Some of us talk about our conversation with God as if we're always in trouble. Have you noticed that? We're always in trouble. God got after me because of this, or I'm doing that, and, you know, God's, you know, kicking my butt right now, or, you know, whatever we want to say that we're in trouble for. But the reality is when you're in a conversation with God, when the master of the universe is in a conversation, it erupts in music. It makes us want to sing. And by the way, everything else around us is celebrating and singing. Have you noticed that? I am on a Zoom call with my team and they have to tell me to just mute myself because the birds are driving them crazy. There's birds in my backyard and I don't even notice the song. There's like a, a whole chorus, a whole choir of birds, different birds just singing at the same time. There's so much singing around all of creation. And I think they know something that we don't know. They just naturally want to say, look, if we just connect to him, 
we will have a song as well. That's the evidence that you're in a conversation with God. Gratitude frees our hearts to be ruled by peace. It fills our minds by keeping us in the conversation. And finally, in verse 17, it goes on and says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This makes us ready to act on God's behalf. It's saying and doing in his name. You see, gratitude always establishes our hands. It establishes our hands. Gratitude gives us something to do. Don't you want something to do, something new, something that energizes you, something inspiring? During a time like this, isn't it great distraction to do something, to feel like you're using your talents and your gifts and you're, you're working together with others to accomplish things that are just beyond you? I mean, isn't that something that part of it we've missed during this time? This is the reality. God rules us with peace because, frankly, we are ruled so easily by fear. And if he didn't rule us by peace, we'd be so freaked out when he actually pulled us into the conversation. He has things to tell us that will erupt in all kinds of songs and teaching and training because he's got things to do. And so the, the, the powerful insight here in Colossians is that there are two powers at work that are coming for you. Number one, it's peace as a ruler is coming after you. Attempting to rule your heart. Number two, the voice of God, the word of Christ is coming for you. Attempting to dwell in your life, to settle in, to overflow. Those two powers come together and you simply have to allow them to take over. They exist outside of you and look for your permission to permeate your life. But the third one's different. The third one is your power to act. Once you have the peace of Christ that rules you, then God keeps you in the conversation with gratitude and you're, you're focused on him as he's, he's telling you about the future that he sees and what he wants to build. And then, and only then, it says, whatever you do then, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He releases us to act as him on the earth. We're empowered suddenly not to just serve God or do things for God or be in the locker room as some spiritual coach tells us what to do and we just we, we go alone. No, no. In a very real way, God says, now I want you to exercise me on the earth. I want you to, through thankfulness of the Father, do and say all the things in my name, in the name, in the character of Christ. I give you 
the honor of holding my character and expressing who I am in the world. And this is the time for us to act, a time for us to engage a desperate, depressed, despairing world. It's frankly plagued by fear. This is what makes a difference in our lives. This will make a difference for so many if we would take up the call to have the greatest ambition through gratitude to usher in what God imagines will happen. So one day I was in Cancun with uh, Pastor Irwin, and uh, we were in this beautiful resort. And I, it, was, it was our final day there, and we were going to fly back, and, and it was drizzling. And so it, it doesn't rain a whole lot in L.A., and I was so excited. I, I got up, and I thought, man, I'm going to run in the rain. Just the gentle tapping of the water on my face as I'm running on the beach and this beautiful resort. Like, that's, this is going to be amazing. So I, I got ready, and I saw him at breakfast, and I was just like, uh, hey, bro, I'm going to go ahead and do a run. And he's like, all right, that's great. And I, I went to the beach, and I started running. And I'm just having the time of my life, and then suddenly a storm comes out of nowhere. And it is pouring rain. And then there's like cracking thunder all around me and the strobe light of lightning. And, and I'm running and I'm just like noticing the, the, the longer I run, I see like workmen that are like, they stop the work on the beach and they're hiding behind their trucks and they're finding shelter and everyone's running. And, and it's like sideways rain. It wasn't just like rain coming from up top. It was like hitting me in the face sideways and starting to sting and slap me. I'm just going. And this really weird thing happens. I'm just like having the time of my life. I'm just in the adventure of it all. And I'm just like, why is everybody like so afraid of water? I don't really, really get it. I'm running. I'm just, I keep running. And an hour passes by and I'm just having this like dynamic conversation with God through all the elements in the backdrop. And, and I, 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 I had this one small thought in my mind. I think, gosh, I, I hope that Pastor Irwin and his family aren't like worried about me that I've drowned somehow that something's happened because it's kind of intense out here and I, I went ahead and went back and I, I just checked in with them really quick before I went to take a shower and sure enough they were about to send a search and rescue party for me because I took so long and it was so crazy you know going out there and, and I think that's a great picture of what happens in gratitude you see I mean I, if I think about it for a second it wasn't like a pleasant experience being like slapped in the face with rain versus the trickle that it started out with is a whole different experience. My legs were hurting. I was sinking in the sand. I was trying to dodge the waves that were coming in and I was stepping on shells. But all of it was frankly painful. It wasn't really, really enjoyable. But because it was so rare, because I was having the tower of my life, I was so filled with gratitude that it changed a storm into an adventure. And I can't help think that that's the power of gratitude. That everyone's going to think you're a little crazy. That you're not taking shelter and protecting yourself from the storm that's happening right now. For whatever people are facing, whatever things are plaguing others, you and I can be the ones who take the storm as an adventure and, and choose to move forward in life. This is our time to shine as the church. This is our time to exercise faith.
with free hearts, with full minds, and with an established hands to do the most powerful thing. There's a guy I know who was almost killed by a genocide as a baby. He was rejected and misunderstood as he was growing up, tortured by evil, betrayed by his closest friends, framed by corrupt leaders, and was illegally tried and convicted by the government and executed half-naked in front of his mother. He was known as the most kind and honest man who ever lived. His name was Jesus. And he was not someone who lived the most charmed life. He was plagued with all kinds of evil and challenge and heartache. But Jesus lived with the power of gratitude. He thanked his father in every situation. And he had no retribution in his mouth when he was brutally beaten for doing nothing wrong. Jesus was constantly attacked. But he went through all those things so that he would be able to conquer all of it for you and I. He gave his life. He died on that cross 2,000 years ago and conquered everything that would harm you to live a new life. When he rose from the dead, when he comes to us now and he lives, and he says, follow me. I know how to beat all of it. If you're watching the screen and you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never taken your hands off your life and completely given your life to Christ, and somehow today this just makes sense, that you too are plagued by anxiety and you want to be free of it for, for once and for all. Do you want a free heart and a filled mind and you want to do something with your life that's significant? Jesus is the way. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not all that you and God have to talk about, but it's the beginning of a conversation that will change everything. You can pray this prayer right now from wherever you are. It's just simply Jesus. I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer just now, I just want to pray for you. It doesn't matter that it's through the screen. It doesn't matter whatever situation you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what your life is or how difficult it's been. Jesus promises that he would come and dwell inside of you and speak to you and show you the future and lead you into a powerful life. I just want to pray for you now. Let's pray together. Jesus, I, I pray for those who've given their life to you today. I pray that they would, they would experience peace, that they've never known before, that they would hear your voice telling them who they are to become, who you see that they are, all of the love that you have for them, the forgiveness of all of their sins and things that they've done wrong. Lord, that you would usher in a new vision, a new hope, a new life, that they would love with boldness and they would take what you imagine for them and they would live out a life with our community. 
I pray all these things in your powerful name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you joined us today. We hope that you will live a dynamic life and let all of what God wants to do with you and in you and through you usher in such a dynamic future. It will be better than what we had before. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.